an overnight success. 15 years in the making. I love this line because it captures the moment where the dream meets the reality. Hello and welcome back to the Omaha podcast where Omaha's most successful entrepreneurs help you grow your business. Now, we all have a dream. We all start out with a dream and a dream is important. That's what fuels your passion. But how do you go from having a dream to accomplishing your dream? Okay, I admit that sounded really vague. Sounded like it could be a Instagram post with a cat or something. Hashtag Monday motivation. Let's make it more specific. Let's make it more real. How do you go from being a company that is literally just you working in your own basement on a card table that you found stuffed in the corner of the laundry room that your Aunt Rita just happened to leave by mistake a couple of Christmases ago? How do you take this company from your basement with no windows and Aunt Rita's card table desk to being a company that is worth millions and has over 300 people working for it? Fortunately, we have somebody who can answer that very specific question because they did it. Our guest today on the podcast is Van Deeb. He returns to the show and we're going to keep it simple. Van's going to give us the practical methods, the techniques that you can implement for your company today. Today, I'm excited to uh, hit on some, this is something every business owner, every entrepreneur aspires for dreams of is the business just taking off and scaling and you hear that term and some of these buzzwords like scaling and growth and kpis and mm -hmm. it, you know they it can get overwhelming um and you know we we buy all these books and we listen to these people who have been there done that mm -hmm. it still can feel very overwhelming and so hopefully today what i'd like is you do a great job of uh you know the kiss methodology of just keep it simple mm, stupid so important. and which you know knowing me yep. and how slow you know how slow i am and no. absorbing information but no. <laughs> um let's simplify this for for business owners here in omaha who want to see that type of growth so the first thing i want to ask you about is how do you get started uh what is the first step because you and i both started literally in our basements with yes, both of our companies we did and tell me like what was the what was the beginning stages of of deep realty? What did that look like back then? And how did you get that ball rolling? So, you know, it started out in 1983. So 2023 will be my 40th year in real estate. Congratulations. Thank you. And in 1983, I started working for another company. And I worked for another company for 10 years, which I really encourage entrepreneurs, just like you did, you work for another company and learn as much as you possibly can uh, before you start your own. I know so many entrepreneurs that just want to start out. They want to, you know, they they want to bypass being in the ditch. They just want to go straight to owning their own business. It's like the social media, you know, fifteen seconds of fame approach. Where no, yeah. no, 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 no. I just got to put it out there. As long as you know, I think it's good. I'm gonna be a millionaire yep. tomorrow. And people yep. think of that with social media. I'll yep. create my TikTok dance challenge and right. tomorrow I'll be signing endorsements for McDonald's. Yep, and, exactly. And then it doesn't happen and it's this real, real cold, rude awakening yep. when it doesn't happen and you you don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're gonna grow a company, you've gotta have people that believe in you and trust you 
and want to emulate you. Well, if you haven't been there and done that, why would somebody do that? So I started out selling real estate. I didn't know anything about it. I was a sponge, a sponge, a sponge. I had a car that wouldn't go more than 40 miles an hour. I had no money. I waited tables to feed myself. And so I... And did you have a daughter at this time too, right? Or that, I had a daughter maybe six years later. Okay. Yeah. So it was still pretty pretty early on, right? I mean, still pretty early on. And I'm learning the ropes. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to be a sponge. I tried to learn as much as I can. So when I did open up my own company out of my basement in 1993, the risk factor was minimal because I've already been there and done that. I've watched brokers i've watched real estate business owners but one thing i went in my company a mission is i wanted deep realty which they are continuing that at nebraska realty today i wanted that company to be known for one major major component and that was this company knows how to treat people and i want to tell you the majority of the real estate companies out there if the broker owner said jump, the real estate agent would say how high. It was quite the opposite of the model that I built. My model was built on, and it was very unique, and I know it may be common sense to you, Matt, but it wasn't to people in my industry. In my industry, here's the broker, here's the agent, here's the client. Well, the broker's trying to really impress the client. They're doing everything they can to attract the client, and they're telling the agent, this is what you have to do. This is our policy. At 1.13 in the afternoon, you're you're allowed to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was that kind of dictatorship. And I'm like, dude, real estate agents, are, keep your lights on. They're your boss. It's quite the opposite. So when I built my company, if an agent said jump, I said how high. So people knew, and my actually our motto that was on the door, a company built by agents for agents. So all of the little things, which you've talked about a lot in our you know, years of friendship, that it's the little things that mean the most. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, Matt. And so I did the little things that the other companies did not do to make the agent feel like it's their company and all I am is support staff. So I had to prove that. I had a cubicle the same size as theirs. I could barely get my PC on it. You know, I was not the big cheese. I may have owned it, but I'm an equal person. And that's what I wanted to portray. I'm there to help you. And showing them that you're willing to do the same exact work that they're doing, and you've done it before, yeah. and so you, there's a level of respect there, I think. Uh, you know, when, when I look back at, uh, at your comment you just made there, and I look back at when we started out with my brother and I starting with the TV show, mm. editing out of my basement, the two of us crammed in a makeshift bedroom office, mm -hmm. editing all hours of the night, and, um, and we had uh, we would have to sneak into our dad's church. He was a pastor of a church in Bellevue. We would sneak into their basement banquet hall at like nine o'clock at night on Saturdays because nobody was up there. Mm -hmm. And we would use that for our well set up and film like guerrilla filming all <laughs> these comedy bits, and then go home and edit and put it together. And it was that way for the first three four years. And and you know I look back on it now and it's 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 
it's amazing that we pulled it off. It's um, a great show. I loved but, watching. But yeah, it's like that that was where we cut our teeth. I mean, yeah. we cut our teeth there. We started with one camera, four lights. That was back when we were still using bulbs that blew fuses and everything. And I look around now at what we have today. And even the last season of that show, we had 23 people volunteering yep. to just be a part of that show, writing and acting and stuff. And people, so, say, people still say today that you guys made a Heisman Trophy winner funny. We did, yeah, we did. <laughs> Uh, two of them actually. Yeah, yeah we had Johnny right. Rogers yeah, and Eric Crowe. Yeah, right. So, so getting started, you know, is it, but that time you put in, people mm -hmm. kind of they don't rec uh, acknowledge that they they see rags to riches. They think, okay, he was. I didn't know he was a millionaire yesterday. Now he yeah. is. Oh, it must have. He must have been the yeah. Mega Millions winner. And the reality is, there, there. You know, for us to have this the success we've had over the last couple of years, and the same thing with your company when you started it in '93, you had a decade, fifteen years of building up to that moment to where yep. you had built these relationships and mm -hmm. trust and you know you you'd been there done that so that that's a, a way i think to recommend to people to eliminate some of the risk mm -hmm. financially is you know start building up clients on the side that you know that's what we did was build up enough clients so we're now we're making as much as we're making with the full-time job mm -hmm. we can step back from that and then mm -hmm. keep building it doesn't have to be overnight and it usually isn't overnight no it, yeah. they you know it's kind of a funny cliche that i hear is you know, I was an overnight success. It only took 15 years, you know, because it's the truth. There's no such thing to me as an overnight success. Yeah. Um, it, there's a lot of work that goes involved in it, but you have to be willing to do the work. It's the four letter word, W-O-R-K. Mm. And, you know, with that, to me, if you're a hard worker, you're on a level playing field, you know, with the best of the best. We competed with a Warren Buffett owned company. And one of the coolest things that I'll ever remember is when groups of real estate professionals from this Warren Buffett-owned company would migrate to my company. And it just was a real excitement because they had a lot more to offer, technology-wise, luxury offices, mm -hmm. but what we had to offer We'd had the probably the culture, the, right? Yeah, the Which least attractive earlier. offices yeah. of any real estate company. The least attractive people made fun of me because our desks they called government issued. They were the old metal desks that nobody wanted, <laughs> yeah. so I got them for free. Um, but people came there. It was a real testimony of we're treated like we matter, yeah. and our culture. Our culture is all about what's important to the real estate professional. It, it's a good exercise for any business owner to go to all their clients and ask them, why me? Yep. Why choose me? Or you've made this point to me in past conversations of if you lose a client, asking why, why, why? why what did, did I do what wrong? What did I do wrong? What You're I very important to me. Why aren't yeah. you doing business with me? You know, and, and I look at that, I did that uh, after like the first year of doing the, the two brothers just, you know, full time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was amazing to me, it was kind of eye-opening they said yeah we get it you have the cameras and the gear and i'm sure it's expensive and it's nice and none of that i mean yeah we assume you're gonna have that that's just mm -hmm. part of it so that's kind of like your desks it's like it was more about uh what we appreciate is your experience and you it's more about the people like you said you're buying the person not the product yeah. and i think we, we look at like okay we gotta have everything has got to be shiny it's got to cost this much and we're comparing and this you know fear of missing out you know life that we're all pushing towards with social media and mm -hmm. you know in reality it's it's how do they make you feel how are you treating people mm -hmm. and and culture so what what did you do early on to create uh that great 
uh, an effective company culture when you were starting from scratch? Like, how did you how did you like kind of build the first initial few people to run with it? How did you get them to run? How did you decide what your culture was going to be? You know, the blueprint was people first. The blueprint was if we treat the agents like they're our customer, we're going to hit a home run. So I'm going to give just a couple of quick examples of what separated our culture with our competition and our culture. So for instance, when you sell a house, um, usually the real estate agents waiting 30, 45 days, 60 days, or if it's a new home, you might wait six months to get your commission. You're on straight commission. You're not getting a paycheck until it closes. And so they may wait that long for closing. And then the company would send the check through all this process and protocol and the agent would get paid about five to 10 days later. That was not fair to me. I didn't, I didn't like that. So this is one thing that we did different. If somebody had a closing at 12 o'clock on Friday, they got paid at one o'clock. And we did that because we can. Every broker can if they wanted to, mm -hmm. but they chose not to. The word got out. Man, you close a deep, you close a deal, and you're working a deep realty. You're going to get paid immediately. Well, and the co-broker, the other person that brought the buyer or had the seller, they're getting paid quicker too. So, our whole blueprint was: what can we do to make sure that the people that work within the firm have the attitude of "I get to go to work, not I have to yeah. go to work." So, my goal was to have all of our 350 people say, I get to go to work today. And it was up to us, the leadership, to make that happen. And and I, I've used this uh, terminology uh, for social media when people are trying to grow their brand through social media of creating super fans. And one super fan is equal to about 100 or 200 just mm. casual fans. Mm. They will promote it for you. And mm. so, you, you, you know, I've always been a big believer in pay people well even, even for me, there's a lot of times where it was tough. Like even today, like, I don't take a big salary. I'm yep. just covering my living yep. basic mortgage and that stuff uh, for now because I, I want to make sure the people that are working here are taken care of and they're yep. happy. And then, you know, rewarding people uh, with, you know, praise and, yep. and you know, constructive advice and, and also financially, you know, the, all the different ways you can incentivize people. That to me builds such a great uh, kind of repertoire with people yep. that, then if you get in a situation like we got in with uh, with COVID, yep. where everything shut down, money is dried up, and the I think companies that were ran well, the employees said, "We're part of this. We get it. You know, it's we're not anything you, you did. Yep. We can ride this out together." And and there were companies that survived, and then there were other ones that that didn't that fell apart. I so. think the key the key is value added. We're always thinking about ways to add value to our customer experience. We need to think of ways to add value to the people we work with. And I'm a big fan of action. You know, um, don't tell me, show me. Don't tell me you love me, show me you love me. So well, I, I can't right now, man. Like, oh, the well, we can talk video. about that later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, for instance, I want to give you an example. When I, I built another, I started another company two years after I sold Deep Realty, but this one is designed to keep super, super small very small and the agents I have now of course I get the, the check the broker gets their commission check what can I do to show value I cut the check the second it comes in and I take it to their home I drive it to their house 
and I leave it on their front door or I let them know I'm coming. Mm-hmm. That's value added. Little things too, like along those lines, and I can't take credit for this because my wife is really, she's hardcore into crafting. So yeah. she makes stationery and cards, but I've done that with you and other clients where just putting together a thank you card. Way cool. Which, you know, it's a homemade means thing. Means a lot. And you don't you throw it away. You write a nice, uh, you know, sincere message in there. And, you know, we had a project, I think when we were working on something for you where yeah. it was, there was just unforeseen circumstances that delayed it, and you did a lot of value added. And it's like you know what, like, and I was clear about it from the beginning. This is what's going on, but you know, when you when you have that that culture, yeah. um, it, it between your your employees and yourself, and with your your clients, your customers, there there's a lot of leeway, and they will they will ride it out with you because again, it's about believing in you. What what are the, some of the things like that people uh, when your your business starts growing, you're starting to become a decent sized company you know you've got 50 agents and maybe then 100 agents at what point did you hit a inflection point before things got really big up to the point when you when you sold deep realty you had 350 agents like so there what was it like was it 150 200 agents or employees to where you're like okay this turned into a whole new level of super mario kart i gotta like really you know yeah I got to get my practice time in. Yeah. Um, actually, um, this may sound a little strange, but I liked the company better when there was 10 people. Really? I just, yeah, it just got like the smaller. It got really big, and um, I'm, I was very grateful, but um, I liked the family style business when it was smaller. Um, like I have right now with Big Omaha Realty, just a really small company. It's very manageable, and we're having a really good time. But, um, you know, it's people, and you know, the, I had such great humans that ran Deeb Realty. I, I was not the reason Deeb Realty was successful. Deeb Realty was successful because of guys like Andy Alloway, Christy Barrett, uh, Christy and Lisi. Done it, and he's taken the he's, he's taken, taken the, the, the yeah. lead on that with uh, yeah. He's Brass got one of the largest companies in, yeah. in the whole state it's now. Incredible, yeah. And it's the same staff that I had. But and, you know, we've got personal friends that work there. Um, you know, shout out to Angela uh, yeah. Starks who works there. Good yeah. friends with Wendy. Yeah. And they're just like the best people. They they're the people. I'll give you a shout out to Angela now. Starks too. She's yes. a great gal. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. But she's the kind of person you're around, and you just feel yeah. better yeah. after being. And around. they promote that. That's the and, culture. And that's what it's. But that's yeah. what you want. To but create. but 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 there's a real estate company in Omaha, and I people know me that I don't have a filter, but I'll be very careful today. You don't. Um, and but there's a real estate company in Omaha that has been around since 1857. I won't tell you the name, but they continually have the same amount of agents. They should have 3,000 agents. They they just should. They've been around for 200 years. But they always have around 400 agents. You know why? Because they treat people poorly. Their culture's not good. Turn around. If you go in there to one of their offices and the first thing you see is a frown on a receptionist, you know that the culture's something wrong. So it's, it's a choice. Either the leadership is going to implement a great work environment, you treat everybody like they matter, or it's going to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. And we believe that you treat people like they matter. Now, it's not just people that worked at Deeb Realty. It was every agent out there, and they admired that. They admired that we're giving them the same respect um, that we do our that we did our own agents. I'm curious too uh, with with when things started scaling on the size and just pure volume mm-hmm. of that many people to manage and the revenue and all that. Um, 
how important was it to have systems? Like we, we've talked a lot with some of our clients about, and we're in the process of this, of creating processes and procedures so that the quality doesn't suffer. And it's, you know, you follow these steps and you can do execute this um, sale of this home just as good as agent C, D, E, um, so that you can increase that volume. Because otherwise I've noticed it's it's hard when it's, when it's all in the owner's head mm-hmm. and nobody else knows what we're supposed to do or how we get to that, the expectations or standards of quality, um, you know, putting it down and writing. Did you have a metamorphosis with that from where you started at home to? Yeah, so we managed by committee. I mean, I would come in to, to, you know, committee meetings with our staff and I would have these ideas of what we should be doing, da, 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 and somebody, maybe one of the admin people will say, hey, what if we did it this way and that way? And I'd say, that's a better way. Let's do it your way. Mm -hmm. I think you've got to listen to the people that have, that um, are interested in growing the company and always be willing to change. I would go into a situation which this is the way we're going to do it, where this is it, and I'll leave there doing it completely different. And you mentioned that a few times now. It sounds like it's a recurring theme of having the right people, having the right team, especially your leadership team. Um, It it starts there. That's your foundation, your leadership team and and your core values, knowing what are your company's core values. Yep. If you scale off of the off of that, and you don't have those two things figured out or in place, yep. it's you've you've got a house of cards that could collapse at any moment. Yeah, it, well, I'm sorry. What are like the last uh, as we wrap up here? What are yeah. the last like few big uh, lessons learned or pieces of advice you can give um, to our our entrepreneur listening right now who hasn't is again just at the beginning um, ways they could maybe accelerate the process if they want. Um, missteps to avoid uh, pitfalls like what what's your kind of top three so takeaways? one of the things i would say is if you know you want to get in a certain industry and you want to own your own business go work in that industry don't own it go work there for a couple of years make sure that's what you want to do because it can be very costly if you just jump into an industry and you have no experience in it you just think that's what you want to do go work in the industry make sure that's what you want to do because working in that industry like when i worked for another real estate company i'm constantly thinking of things that i want to do different when i own my own and it makes you think gosh if they did this they'd be a better company well i'm going to save all that for when i open mine up so one is don't jump right into it take your time it's not a race go work right go work for another firm before you start your own number two is use the 24-hour rule words are like swords when you're starting out it can be very frustrating and you can get upset you can be confused if you have a challenge instead of responding to that challenge immediately Give yourself a 24 hours. Andy Alloway, my general manager, now the owner of Nebraska Realty, he taught me that. And that it's really hard. It's really too. hard. It does. Therapists recommend that for relationships yeah. and marriages. Like, don't yeah. talk about it for 24 hours. If you wait, and Andy used to teach me that, wait 24 hours, and I want to taste them. It's amazing. You wait 24 hours, the next day, you, the, the response may be, no response it's like what were we mad about unbelievable but it's hard to do because i want to respond immediately so that's one thing that i would tell them and number three is be resourceful when i first got in real estate i knew i wanted to be the best i wanted to be number one 
So what did I do? I called up I called up the number one agent when I was in Texas, and I called up the number one agent in Texas. She didn't know me from Adam. Hi, my name is Van Deeb. I've been admiring your success for a long time. Can I buy you lunch? And I went to have lunch with her. She didn't know me from Adam, but I used my resources, just like you do when you have a question, you call up people. Took her to lunch, and I left there after that lunch so high of emotion and excitement that I, I couldn't talk because I, I would have stuttered the whole time. I was so high because I left there going, and if we had cell phones back, then I probably would have called everybody. Hey, yeah. I just had lunch with Mary Harker, and she's this. And I left there feeling she's no different than me. She just worked hard, discipline, drive, desire, and determination to be the best. I have that. I can do it too. And the biggest turn on is three years later, I was above her um, for for volume and sales. But it did something to me. It did something to me knowing I'm with the number one agent and she eats like I do, she uses a fork, she talks like I do. What's different? Drive, desire, determination, and discipline. Yeah. And, I, and we all have the ability to, to, to really um, bring those four characteristics. Yeah, it, it works the same way with uh, health, physical health, trying to lose weight, where if you stick to it on a diet and you're good for two or three months, you see great results. Yeah. And then we just throw in the towel and we go back to old, you know, unhealthy habits and it all comes back and then some. And I want to invite your audience, you know. I want to invite your audience to, to, to look at Facebook and look <laughs> at Matt Tompkins with his shirt off. The guy is preaching the word. He looks darn good. But like people ask me that all the time. Just yesterday, was, so what are you doing? What is the secret? Are you, how often just do you disciplined. lift weights? I'm like, I lift weights once or twice a week, it's nothing. But it's disciplined with the nutrition. It's disciplined, yeah. there are no cheat meals. And you don't just, put poison in your body. That's a big part of it. I try not to. I mean, yeah. every now and then, you know, it's Friday night, we're yeah. out for kicks, you know, yeah. you want some yeah. some rat poison. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But um, but yeah, but it's the same, <laughs> it's, it's a minute by minute, day by day, week by week, month by month, uh, process you have to fully commit and stick with it and being, being successful is not eight business results yeah being successful is not an eight to five it's oh, no. 24 yeah. 7 and got to constantly be thinking of ways to better yourself again you can find out more about van deeb at van you can hire him for your uh speak to your employees get them motivated get them inspired excited uh he talks about so many great uh other inspirational stories he hasn't even shared here with us there are a lot more and uh, i think it's a you're a great resource for companies to bring in and, and talk to people about, hey, I've been there, here's how I did it, here's what I learned from my failures, uh, oftentimes more so than the successes, even the things you took away. So uh, you can also listen to his podcast, check out his radio show, The Journey, and um, uh, what, you got a newsletter you can sign. I mean, you're just like a one-stop shopper, com. Like I feel uh, well, you've helped me with some of that over yeah, over yeah. the years. You've been a big. I think big... I'm subscribed to everything. Yeah. So every every you know every. So I have at I least did. one subscriber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I just want to reach people. If you have something to say that's going to benefit others and help people get there quicker, what are we waiting for? We're supposed to help other people accomplish their goals and dreams too. My new favorite line is, "We're doing this." I love it. We're doing this. I love that. You know, maybe doing different things, but we're still doing this together. That motivates me. Yeah. Van, thank you so much for coming on again. Appreciate it. I'm honored to be on your show. We'll talk to you soon, and I'll hit you up when we're ready to sell the house. You know, once this market gets not, once I can actually afford to buy a new house to move into. Okay, I'm going to wait outside, so when you're ready, just come out and get me. Okay, I will. I'll be there. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us here today on the podcast. You can find out more about Van Deeb and his success story in the show notes. Also in the show notes, one clicky click linky link away from additional resources and support from us. We love helping business owners like yourself for free. I know it's not a good business model. It's probably a, a dumb business model, but you know we do it because we truly love helping you just as others have helped us. So if you need help with anything from SEO to social media, uh, YouTube channel, anything, if you just have a general question or you need to be connected with the Nebraska Business Development Center or any of the guests we've had on the podcast, please reach out and contact me directly today. Again, in the show notes, everything you need, everything's in the show notes. You can't go wrong. Always visit the show notes. That's what I always tell everybody. This is the Omaha Podcast, where Omaha's most successful entrepreneurs help your business grow. 